Here we are at the Fatherhood Podcast, proudly brought to you by the Fatherhood and Parents at Work here at the desk. Boys, it is very nice to see you. Luke, Jeremy and Andrew from the Fatherhood. Hello. Hey. What's been going on? Uh, I've, well, I've just moved house actually, and I think really it's kind of it's a direct it's a direct effect of becoming a dad. You know, I I had a couple. <laughs> I've had a, my oldest has just turned three, and uh, you know, a year ago I was living in a two bedroom flat in Sydney, and suddenly I've just done that. I've done that whole cliched sea change, and I've moved to live by the beach, like mi- think, miles uh, away from civilization. <laughs> sea change slash living the dream. Yeah, it is. If I'm just, I've just got to make it work now. That mm. that commute is quite brutal. I think the fact that you've managed to knock it over without too much whinging is extraordinary. I mean, it is a huge job moving a house with a family and you're here, you're smiling. It's no, amazing. it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I'm pretty excited about it, to be honest. Yeah, good. So it's good. funny how, you know, you're single or pre-marriage. Like I lodged in, like I just landed in an apartment in St Kilda. I just didn't leave for a decade. Yeah. There was no need to. <laughs> you know, I mean, I wasn't physically expanding. I could stay in my space. Whereas with kids, it just becomes this, right, I need a bigger car we need a bigger house. I need more seats in the kayak. I don't know. Whatever your activities are. I don't live in Venice, but you know, you know what I mean. Support me. Yeah. But being your dad comes with all this stuff. That's a mm. thing. Kayaks included. You've got to, I remember when we moved house with children, <laughs> I said to my wife, like, you will be burying me in the backyard here. I'm never yeah. doing that again. It's oh, so yeah. traumatic. I've got a friend who's just moved house and he's, he's calling his new house his death house because he never wants to move again. <laughs> he's only like, he's only just turned 40. Yeah. But, uh, that, that's his death house. So I think it takes courage to move and that's, is that right? I think it's, it's a courageous thing to do with lots of kids. Is the segue too yes. awkward? Or um, I'm clearly pitching for, <laughs> we, we do have it. We have a subject that is, uh, that's right on point. Absolutely, and that is um, how look, being dads today is is really re- an opportunity to redefine what it is to be a man and masculinity and how that plays out and the, the varying roles and all the ways that dads can get involved now. It's just so different to dads of generations ago. And, yeah, so that's what we're here to talk about, how this can be. Luke, you love saying this one, the Champions League of Manhood is what it is to be a dad. Champions League of, of Manhood. So, guys, yeah, today we're hearing from a guy called Rob Sturrock, and he's an author and a real thought leader in this big space about masculinity and how masculinity is being redefined. There's so much change going on, how men don't need to be defined within this man box and we can be a much broader version of what, you know, define ourselves much more broadly. And Rob's one of the real thought leaders, a great guy to talk to, and you've spoken to him as well. Well, yeah, I remember actually about a year ago, Jez, you, we were both on the phone to him, and I remember it was, it was back when I lived in Sydney, and I was walking up through King's Cross uh, Playground by the fountain, and we were on the phone to Rob, mm. literally, and I remember saying, oh, look, excuse me, I've got to go, because in the playground, I saw Commando Steve, and he was in the playground pushing his young son, Axel, on, on the slide. No, not on the slide, on the swings even. Yeah. And uh, I went over to him because I wanted to get an interview with him for the fatherhood. But I reckon right there, there was a real image of a guy <laughs> who really sums up the new masculinity. I mean, you know, Commander Steve, he's this guy, he's this former military guy. He's incredibly tough. He came fourth in the world CrossFit games, you know, but then he's also this real hands-on dad figure. So it's kind of, it all it all ties together. Didn't he also help your wife with her groceries yeah, one day? Yeah, that was amazing actually. My wife, <laughs> I did, like my wife. It's not a euphemism. This is it now. <laughs> No, well, it's it's very true though. My wife, my wife was in. She was heavily pregnant. She had and like Joe was really little, and he was running around. And my wife was struggling at the checkout, 
Um, and Commander Steve went over to my wife and said, uh, "Look, you look like having a bit of trouble there, darling. You know, can I can I carry your bags home for you?" So he's a, he's a really a really good guy in the the true sense of the word. Wow. Well, when, when I spoke to Rob, neither of those things <laughs> happened for me, <laughs> but a lot of magic did happen. And um, here's what Rob had to say about um, what's going on around us in terms of shifting masculinity. Hi, Rob. Thanks for um, joining us on the podcast today. Absolute pleasure. Great to be here. So, yeah, we're talking about fatherhood being the front line of a new manhood. So how dads today can express themselves and provide for their partners in a whole whole new way. Now, you've done a lot of work in this space. What do you think is emerging as this opportunity for dads of 2019 and 2020 that were opportunities that weren't available to the dads of the previous generations? I I think the big one, and it's certainly starting to emerge, I think, in in pockets around the country, in our, in our community, is the chance for dads to not only do more caring and be more active carers of their, their kids, but also try and change the community stereotypes around dads. Now, there are obviously a lot of great dads doing a lot of great things for their kids every day throughout the country, but there still really is this cultural perception that two things, really, that the best thing a dad can do is to be at work earning money and providing financial stability for the family, and two, that even if dad is at home taking care of the kids, that he's likely not to do as good a job of it as mum. And they're really tired tropes now, but I think both those perceptions, um, and I think one of the big opportunities for dads everywhere is to break those assumptions and really create uh, a brand new approach to fatherhood uh, and a new image, which is that dad's uh, wonderful carers can do it just as well as mum, if not better, uh, and can also juggle their career. Uh, I think it might mean having a more involved conversation with men about juggling work and family, which is maybe something men haven't had to really deal with previously. I think they've been able to go full steam in their careers. Uh, but I think the opportunities are really exciting and probably outweigh uh, the challenges that we may uh, face. Yeah, it is an interesting challenge because it's in some ways, I think, in generations gone by, the scoreboard for a dad was go and earn money, like you're saying, and provide, and you're being a good dad, you're doing your job. And now yeah. it's more complex than that. How do you think dads go about managing that? Kind of, I want to be want to be at home and be present. I want to provide emotional stability. I want to support my partner to get back into work and also be good, a good employee to bring some money. And how would you have any advice for dads on, on how to tackle that challenge? Sure. Look, and I think it's a really difficult one. Um, and I, I feel as a dad of about four years, I'm still working out the best way to approach it too. Um, I think it starts for me from the point of view of, you know, as a dad, you can certainly do anything um, for your kids and your family. Your, your, your abilities are sky high and you can do anything. That doesn't mean you can do everything. Like there has to be some give or take. Um, something has to give as far as work and career. Uh, I think in the past, men have not had to grapple with the challenge of can we have it all? I think we've kind of thought intrinsically that we can have it all. We can have a loving partner, happy kids, and a great career, uh, but it came at the cost of doing more direct caring for kids, and I think that's the real rub now. I think as dads try and do things differently and try and do more caring, it's really hard because you're trying to take on um, stereotypical assumptions about what dads can do. And that can that sounds okay in theory, but in practice it can be really hard. It can be awkward when you're one of the only dads at work that's sort of leaving to do the daycare pickup or go to the school event or doing a sick day because your kid's home yeah. sick or yeah. asking for parental leave. So I think the first um, 
tip I'd give for dads is if you're going to do more caring, that's fantastic. But it's a bit of a bumpy ride at first. Um, it's going to be worth it. Uh, but you've really got to stick at it um, and, and and have faith in the decisions you've made and, and that in the long run, spending more time with your kids are going to far outweigh any um, turbulences you may experience in the short term. Um, but be the pioneer. Be willing to stick your neck out at work. Ask why there isn't a paternity leave package if there isn't one or why dads aren't taking it more. Take that leave. You know, Go to the daycare event. Don't feel afraid to do it because – if they do, they'll break open that 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 gateway for other men behind them. And I'm sure there'll be other guys at their workplace that would be desperate to do the same thing that might feel reluctant and hesitant as well. So even if you're looking around for someone to lead the charge and there's no one, then lead the charge. Just take yeah. the reins. Um, and yeah, look, it can be it can be a bit fraught, and you might get a few curious glances and curious comments from workers, or you may get a lot of support. You know, it's not necessarily going to be negative, but. Um, to just go for it because like, it will ultimately be worth it. And when you look back when you're 70 or 80, uh, you're not going to be wondering why you didn't spend more time at work. You'll be wondering why you didn't spend more time with your kids. So try not to have that regret later in life. For sure. And it does take some courage, doesn't it? Like as a father and as you say, that your yeah. experience to, to go and ask those questions and find out what's available and also be the person willing to pack the desk up at 4 o'clock and walk out because you're, whatever time it might be to provide, to be there for your kids in a, in a different way. It does take some guts, but then it, it pays off, like you're saying, no one on their deathbed wishes that they're at work more. Yeah, and look, there's plenty of research that's starting to emerge that shows for all working parents, for mums and dads, that there's a real stress and a real conflict between managing work and family, and everyone's got to find the right mixture and the right balance for them. There's no one right model. Um, and we're certainly not trying to be um, judgmental on dads too. You know, If it's best for the family that dad is a full-time worker and earning the majority of the family's income, then that's a totally reasonable and fair and acceptable way to be a dad. Um, I guess what we're trying to do in discussions like this is to encourage guys to think outside the box a bit, to see that they've got more options than they might otherwise believe, uh, and to not feel trapped into having to be the breadwinner because that's not the only way they can be a dad. There's lots of great ways to be a dad. Don't feel you've just got to do what your boss is doing or your colleagues are doing or what your dad did before you. Um, I think that's the tricky thing for um, dads of our generation is as we try and open up masculinity to be a bit more inclusive and vibrant and beautiful for our um, boys and our girls um, that come behind us. You know, we we ourselves inherited a quite a narrow, typecast, like straight-laced version of what manhood and masculinity and being a man is. So it can be really hard to unpack those assumptions, um, but it's definitely going to be worth it. Yeah, so you're talking there about those stereotypes that we've seen role modelled in generations previously and, you know, we've kind of watched and taken them on. Can you talk a little bit more about that, what we're seeing in terms of this shifting view of what positive masculinity could be and how, you know, what that can mean for any men out there that are listening to this podcast in terms of how they can show up day to day in their lives? Yeah, uh, look, I think the big one on, you know, touching what we've just talked about is the sense that if you're a man that wants to do more caring with your kids and spend more time at home, that that's somehow a dereliction of your duty as a man, that you're less of a man, that you're a bit of a weird, bit of a wuss, bit weak. I mean, that's all nonsense, right? Like, like through, you know, for lots of lots of centuries before the Industrial Revolution, men were at home, they were on the land with their family, working side by side, taking care of kids and, like, working the land. It was when the Industrial Revolution came along, the dad started going off to factories in the cities that they started to be a bit more absent. So just because you want to do more caring, that is that is a manly thing to do. That is one of the most manly things you can do. Don't let people say otherwise. You know, even before yeah. 
I had kids, I had a very close family member say to me as an observation, she's like, if I ever meet a man that's a stay-at-home dad, I assume he's a stay-at-home dad because he's a failure in his career. Um, so Gosh. these attitudes are everywhere they're, they're, and they can be very close to home. So don't let people tell you that somehow wanting to spend time for your kids and nurturing them is a is like a womanly or wimpish thing to do. It's a it's yeah, a very sure. manly thing to do. I think that's a big one. And I think the thing in the past, you know, we, for, for our fathers and you know, my grandfather's generation, is a sense that you're stoic. You don't really have problems, and if you do have problems, well, you don't really talk about them. That you just sort of shoulder the burden and you get on with life. Um, and that you you kind of spend more time with kids when you're on the do- doorstep of retirement. And your kids are growing up. Uh, and that's kind of the way to be a man. You know, a man doesn't complain. A man doesn't have emotional frailties or vulnerabilities. You, you know, that you're, you find a self-sufficiency and a resilience from within yourself. And anything else is a demonstration of weakness or somehow not, you know, not manly. And I think that's the big challenge for our generation of, of men and fathers is to say, look, that that doesn't work anymore if it ever worked yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, we, we need to be much more inclusive and accepting of everyone. And there's, a, there's there's countless ways to be a man and to feel like a man and to act like a man. Let's not have this narrow typecast that basically excludes the majority of the population. Let's be much more warm and engaging and celebrate all the different types of being a man, yeah. um, which includes personalities, sexuality, careers, life choices, what have you. Let's not be so judging and and um, value laden that we restrict this this so-called man box to basically next to no one, um, or you know, or men of a previous generation. Let's open it up, which can help encourage our our young boys as well. Because of what we're also seeing at the moment is that young boys that are on the verge of being teenagers and young men are, are far less likely to ask for help if they're doubtful in life, scared, having mental health problems. They're far less likely to ask for help from anyone than girls. Um, and I think that's a huge problem, and we need mm. to be able to say to boys, there's plenty of ways to grow up and, and be a man uh, and, and show them um, really positive ways to do that and say, if you want to talk and ask for help from people, that is perfectly normal. Everyone needs that. And, again, yeah. it's a manly thing to do to reach out to people, not to close yourself off. Absolutely. It's a much broader palette. We can express these emotions, positives, negatives, ups, downs, vulnerabilities, all that kind of stuff. But it sounds Absolutely. like there's still – a long way to go. So there's a huge amount of change and a huge opportunity, but a huge way to go still in terms of us all as men stepping into this opportunity and living it um, for, yeah. for ourselves and the next generation. Absolutely. And I think that's a, that's a huge point is we need men, just like we want men asking to take time out of work to care for the kids, we want men everywhere to take the lead in, in you know, in these conversations and in, in unpacking what we think masculinity means these days. Uh, and that's also, you know, if we're in awkward situations where, you know, there's bullying going on or harassment or offensive or sexist remarks, it, rather than sort of look down awkwardly at our shoes, you know, it's, it's up to us to also call it out in a constructive way and try and change all those all those types of conversations. Um, and it has to come from us, right? Like it can't come yeah. from anyone else. It has, to, it has to be a change that's led by men themselves. And one thing I love is we've always, you know, bravery and courage in any room would always be something that's heroed amongst men as being a, a, a traits that we'd all want to be um, known for. And it sounds like from what you're saying that this is, we, we've got to have the courage to call out those conversations when they're happening and get on top of them or to have the courage to leave work early and role model a new type of fatherhood and the courage to shed a tear every now and again. So use these things yeah. that, we, that are within us as men, but flick, flick them in a really 
positive way. Is that is that how you're saying it? Yeah, absolutely. And look, I think the courage point is a really good one. And I think again, just like we have inherited a very narrow version of masculinity, we've also inherited a very narrow definition of courage. You know, it's a really you know, yeah. small box of you know heroism in war or feats of strength on the sports field. You know, there's not a lot of, particularly in Australia, there's not a lot of things that men would define as courageous. Uh, but I think things like opening up on your vulnerabilities to your to your friends or your partner or deciding to do things a bit differently with your family and, and check out, a, you know, at work to do some caring, they're all courageous things because they're going to go against the stream um, a bit. So I think we need to um, really applaud when guys do that. It's a tricky balance too because, you know, often, you know, dads are doing uh, what mums are doing, but they're getting a great deal more applause and celebration for doing it. So it's this really tricky balance. We want to show dads that are doing things differently and kind of say, hey, look, these guys are doing something really interesting and new and innovative. We could all probably learn from that without championing them above and beyond for doing the ordinary tasks of bearing. <laughs> um, I find that really hard. You know, someone who's just done three months of paternity leave, you get lots of, wow, that's fantastic, good for you, that's so great, what a great dad you are. But the reality is I did one-third of the time my wife did and she gets yeah. none of those clauses or pundits. Like, so it's it's a really fine balance act because if we don't, like, find champions for this new way of doing things, then people won't feel they can do things differently. But we also don't want to put people up on a pedestal for doing the ordinary um, things of life. And, and a, a, yeah, it's a really tricky one. Yeah, which we hope in times to come will be the norm. That'll be much more equal in terms of the domestic load carried by mums and dads. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, Hopefully no, we'll just be, you know, in 10 years or so, we're just talking about parents. We're not talking about yeah. just mums and dads and what they do. And there's no such thing as primary and secondary care or leave and stuff. It's just parents taking leave and taking care of kids. And that's the only distinction, you know, that'd be great. For sure. Yeah. Um, one thing that kicked in for me when I became a dad was this feeling I'm now responsible along with my partner for, for the, another human being. And for me, that was the sort of provider thing kicked in. And you mentioned it earlier. And it sounds like from what you're saying, that you're, it's it's not just providing money. It's it's providing in lots of different ways. So we can encourage fathers to sort of broaden their definition, like of courage, like you're saying, broaden the definition of providing for their family. That may not be money. It, the decision might for them to be, as in that, I don't like the definition, but primary carer, to provide by being there at home from a time perspective, provide emotional support. Um, so do you think that's the opportunity for any dads out there listening today to kind of redefine these phrases and think of them more broadly? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think yeah. you can provide for your family in many different ways. Um, it can absolutely be financial stability, like not for one second we're saying that's not crucial. Um, and, you know, it's hard for parents because both parents have to work to a great extent because uh, of cost of living pressures. But providing can be emotional, emotional nourishment for your kids. Um, it can be being present at their school or their daycare events so that they know that you're really involved in their life. It can be putting away the phone on the weekend to make sure you're really present at home, which is something that I'm terrible at, but I have to get better <laughs> at. Um, there's many ways that you can provide. Uh, and again, there's a lot of research emerging that the earlier you do this, the earlier you really immerse yourself in bonding and caring for your kids, that there's a big payoff for their psychological and social and emotional well-being. You're basically more likely to raise pretty steady, even-handed, confident young people that are ready for the world. Um, and I think that's a really positive thing. And we don't talk about that a lot. But, yeah, I think there's many ways to provide. Um, and we should be celebrating them all and not just putting dads in one stream of provision and not the others. 
Uh, and if we can make some inroads in that discussion in the next five years, I think it'll do have an enormous positive contribution to the community. Fantastic. Some really great um, insights and ideas in that, Rob. So thanks so much for joining us on the podcast um, and hope to talk to you again soon. Fantastic. Thanks so much. Cheers, mate. So that's what Rob had to say. Now, I've got to say, when I finished that chat with him, I was amped, you know, so pumped about the way he's talking about, not an expectation, but an opportunity we have now as modern dads to just define ourselves much more broadly. So whether that's like, in the old days, you're a provider, and that means that you went to work now and earned the cash. Now you can be providing emotionally and doing lots more stuff, much more involved. And then something that we often think of as a masculine trait like courage now it's kind of not just the courage to kind of be tough and, and kind of front up and be stoic. It's the courage to be vulnerable. It's the courage to kind of drop your guard and, and be honest. And we've just got this broader palette to live within. So I was really fired up after talking to him, like wanting to let's go, let's go do it, kind of charge and get that courage thing, charge <laughs> the battlefields and be the modern man. Yeah. But I also like the way he's, he, he did kind of hint the fact that it's not always easy. There was this great line I thought he had in there where he said that, you know, men today, we can do anything, but we can't do everything. And I think that really sort of unpacked the fact that there is a bit of a, a there can be a bit of a conflict there. You know, we all want to be these, you know, sort of superhero dads, but at the same time, you know, their mortgages to be paid, we've got to go to work. Mm. And it's kind of, there's that juggling act that, which we all kind of struggle with. And, you know, we just all, all sometimes wrestle with and try and work out. And I think ironically, this new vision of fatherhood, sometimes it can seem to point too much towards all of these other types of fatherhood that were different from the traditional. Yeah. Whereas I think, mm. as he said, the spectrum still includes things like being the provider. Yeah. And I, what felt good to me through that was this notion of acceptance. Like it's okay to still work. Yeah. Like again, new fatherhood mm. doesn't necessarily mean that you're necessarily um, brushing your daughter's hair, uh, doing all the cooking and staying at home all day. Like yeah. there is still, there's still this broad range and it's okay to, wherever you fall on that range. But I think that the main point is you've got to have the courage to, to have that full range of, of fatherhood um, experience and to be open to it. Mm. And he talked about the, the, in the same way that that comment stood out to you, Luke, the comment that just floored me was that current, the definition of courage is actually very narrow in Australia. And, and whether or not it's specific to Australia, I can't really speak to it. We've all grown up here. Oh, you haven't, Luke. I won't ask you about England right now. But in Australia, courage is very much acceptable on the battlefield when you, you're out there for your digger mates and courage is um, recognised and awarded on the sports field in the, on the MCG by, you know, playing on with a um, with a torn ACL through yeah, a grand final. Backing like a, into a pack or something like that. Oh, no, courageous. Love it. Oh, love it. Yeah. Whereas, as you I said... It's stupid, but anyway. <laughs> exactly. No, as long as it's for the win, mate. No, there's, there's a very narrow definition, whereas he opens that up and says, no, as you said, I think that the courage can be defined in this um, much broader context. And, and you know, sometimes the simplest thing, you know, we just had Dante Palmer on the podcast, the simplest thing can, can become so courageous in, in the context of, of modern life. What really resonates with me on that is we're not, well, this kind of thinking isn't saying to men become like women or dads become like mums. 
It's saying you're, you're courageous. That's within us. We have that sort of built into us and just twisting it to be a really positive thing in addition to the kind of bravery that we'd normally define as courage. It's saying, well, be courageous enough to shed a tear or whatever it might be or hug your mates or say something that might not normally said when you catch up with your mates for a drink or whatever it is. It's have the kind of guts to go there. To be open. Yeah, that's mm. it, be open. And so that's a really masculine thing rather than sort of saying men be open like women, which just doesn't work for me. I'm, Yes, yeah, so it's basically just opening the door to a sort of an expand, expanded version of masculinity, really, rather than a, a narrow, narrow one. Yeah. Mm. So the new frontier, the new vanguard, is broad. It isn't about a, a, a tight definition of the modern dad and the modern man. It's uh, it's broad and it, it, it's accepting. And uh, I think it made me feel good to think about that. So as that opportunity opens up to us as dads, I'm going to close the door on this podcast. <laughs> um, brought to you by The Fatherhood um, and Parents at Work. So please uh, sign up. If you want to hear from us weekly, please sign up by adding your email address at the-father-hood.com. And um, boys, it's been a pleasure once again. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Guys. Thank you for listening to another great podcast proudly brought to you by Parents at Work. We hope you feel inspired and you've got some fresh practical ideas to help you with your work-life balance. If you like what you've heard, please share it with others and subscribe to the Parents at Work podcast page. And remember, if you need extra support or would like to send us your feedback, please email info at parentsatwork.com.au.